Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the whole family that I brought up out of the land of Egypt. You only have I known of all the families on the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? Does a lion roar in the forest when there's no prey? Does a young lion cry out from his den if he has taken nothing? Does a bird fall in a snare on the earth when there is no trap for it? Does a snare spring up from the ground when it has taken nothing? Is a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secrets to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Proclaim to the strongholds in Ashdod and to the strongholds in the land of Egypt and say, Assemble yourselves on the mountains of Samaria and see the great tumults within her and the oppressed in her midst. They do not know how to do right, declares the Lord, those who store up violence and robbery in their strongholds. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, an adversary shall surround the land and bring down your defenses from you, and your strongholds shall be plundered. Thus says the Lord, as the shepherd rescues from the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the people of Israel who dwell in Samaria be rescued with the corner of a couch or part of a bed. Hear and testify against the house of Jacob, declares the Lord God, the God of hosts, that on the day I punish Israel for its transgressions, I will punish the altars of Bethel, and the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall to the ground. I will strike the winter house along with the summer house, and the houses of ivory shall perish, and the great houses shall come to an end, declares the Lord. This is God's word. Thank you, Stacy. Well, good morning. Good morning, family. Excited to be back with you guys this week. Last week, uh, I was in Alabama, Decatur, Alabama. I didn't even know Alabama had a Decatur, but pretty fun. And we got to hear my brother Wayne preached. So I'm so excited to be back with my family. Um, if you have, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Jay Will. I'm over the Eau Claire small group. And I'm also the church plant resident here. We're in the process of planting a church called City of Refuge in the Eau Claire community of Columbia, South Carolina. And this week, we get to continue our sermon series in the book of Amos. And our sermon series called Worship and Justice. <clears throat> but before we dive into the text, would you take a moment to pray with me? Father, I pray today that your word is declared boldly that you speak through me today, that you show yourself you. You show yourself strong and mighty. You lift your name up, roar like a lion. Awaken your people to hear your word, to be drawn back to you, Father. Father, I am weak and vulnerable, and I need you. I need you to cover me with your grace. I need you to speak boldly today. If I stand up here and I speak in myself, these words are empty and they mean nothing. But if you speak from your throne, that's how your church will be transformed. That's how hearts will be drawn back to you. So, Father, we pray that you illuminate your word, that you reveal yourself to us today, and that we find comfort even in 
a difficult word and a difficult time knowing that you are a God who has overcome the world and we can put all of our faith and hope in you. Use me today as you see fit. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, one of my worst nightmares is I'm standing on stage and there's a bunch of people in the audience looking at me and I'm about to preach a sermon and I have nothing to say. And then to top it off, and I'm standing there and I'm like, what am I going to say? I look down and I find out that I'm naked. <laughs> How many people have had the dream where you've been standing in front of a crowd and you, are, you realize you're completely naked? It's actually a very uh, normal nightmare for many people, especially those who have a fear in public speaking. Because nobody really wants to feel exposed and vulnerable in front of a big crowd. We do everything that we can to make sure that we're covered. We do everything we can to feel like we're prepared. Nobody wants to feel exposed. Today in our text, Israel's worst nightmare is about to become true. Due to their wicked and rebellious response to God's continuous warnings, he's about to leave them exposed and naked. We're starting our text. This is the uh, start of the oracles that God is declaring, starting from Amos chapter 3 to 5. Before we got to these oracles over the past few weeks, I'll give you a quick recap. The first week I told you Israel didn't want to hear no bad news. They de denied the prophets. So God is like, I'm going to send a shepherd to the doctor's office to tell you the diagnosis. The second week, uh, God is showing that he has despised the wickedness and the rebellion of the other nations and that he is a God who cares about right, ju rightful justice for all nations. And then last week, after God has put all of the nations on trial and said what he's going to do to them, he looks at Israel and said, don't move. Now you, my people, I'm really about to deal with. And today we start the, the oracle of this exposure taking place. The gavel is coming down, Israel is on trial, and God has brought the jurors into the, into the jury to put Israel on trial. And look how it starts off in verses 1 and 2. It says, hear this word what, that, what, that the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel against the whole family that I brought up out of the land of Egypt. You only have I known. Of all the families of the earth, therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. It, God is looking at Israel and he said, wait, you are my elect people. You are my special people. I literally put you on a pedestal to show you all for the whole world to see. So you should know better. I have given you my law. I have given you a divine covenant saying, this is how I will treat you. I will bless you in the world. I will put you on full display. Worship me and only me. But Israel has rebelled against this God. And he said, because of your iniquities, because of your heart, now I have to deal with you. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, Timothy shows what it means to be a part of God's family. He says, but God's firm foundation stands bearing the seal. The Lord knows those who are his. 
and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Their iniquity, wickedness has no place in front of God, especially if he has put his perfect seal on us. Because we are showing off God's holiness for all to see. We're showing off his justice for all to see. And he's doing that because he, want, he said, I want you to reveal my holiness to all the other nations so they see how good of a king, how good of a God I am. He's doing it for his namesake. So he's saying, Israel, you were the people who were supposed to do this. You were supposed to display my glory for all the world to see so they would know I am a king worth following. But you rebelled against me. You rebelled against me. And now let me show you what I'm going to do because of your iniquities. And then he goes on to these rhetorical questions in verses 3 through 6. Listen to these questions. Stacy read some of them early. He says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? Does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Does a young lion cry out from his den if he has taken nothing? Does a bird fall in a, in, in a snare on the earth when there's no trap before it? Does a snare spring up from the ground when it has taken nothing? And is a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not terrified? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? He's given these, these rhetorical questions. Sometimes me and my son, we have conversations, and I've been telling Zion, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. And he's not listening. And I'm like, son, have I ever let you starve? Son, have I ever let anyone harm you? Son, of all people, you should trust me. But you haven't. You haven't been paying attention. And this is the same thing God is saying to Israel. Of all people, of all the things that you hold high, I should be the one you hold the highest. I've never failed you. I've never failed you. It, makes, it doesn't make any sense at all for you to be acting this way when you know me. And then when he pointed in verse 6 to this trumpet blown in a city, he said, you know what it means when a trumpet is blown. That means war is coming. An enemy is about to invade you. You show me a nation when they hear the trumpet blow, they're not afraid. But Israel has been showing themselves as not being afraid of God's warning over and over and over. And he's saying, because you have shown that you're not afraid of me, now you have to deal with me. Now you have to deal with me. He goes on to verses 7 and 8, and he even puts on display how he's been trying to get their attention. In verses 7 and 8, he says, for the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secrets to his prophets. The lion is roar, who will not fear? The Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? He said, I have literally given you out over and over. My word has come forth. I have warned you. And you denied my warning. Jeremiah actually uh, explains how it feels to hear the word of the Lord come upon him. And how a prophet must respond 
Listen to Jeremiah verse 20. I mean, Jeremiah chapter 20, verses 8 through 9. He says, For whenever I speak, I cry out. I shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me. A, a, a reproach and a, a derision all day long. And then when Jeremiah doesn't feel like he wants to prophesy because these words are so heavy on him, he say, I say, I will not mention him or speak anymore in his name. And there is in my heart as if a fire were burning, shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in. And I cannot. This same word that God is trying to declare to his people, the prophets know the bearing of this word. The lion is roaring. And they cannot help but roar on behalf of the lion. Yet Israel has hardened their heart. And they're not listening. They're not listening. And we can look at Israel and say, that doesn't make sense. Why won't they listen to God? But we do the exact same thing. His word goes forth, and we hear it, and we say, no, nah, that, that's not for me. I don't want to hear that. That's, I don't like that word. I don't want nobody calling me out in my sin. I'm good. But God is like, no, no, no. You need to hear this, because the truth is, sooner or later, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. Remember that feeling I told you of me feeling exposed in my dreams? God is like, I'm going to expose everyone one day. And there's nothing you can do about it. And he doesn't just expose privately and we think, okay, now I can get past it. Oh, I got caught. No, God puts it on full display. Listen what he does to Israel in chapter 3, verses 9 through 10. He says, proclaim to the strongholds in Ashdod. And to the strongholds of the land of Egypt, and say, assemble yourselves on the mountains of Samaria, and set the great tumults within her, and the oppressed in her midst. So Ashdod was the capital of the Philistine nation. So he's looking at Israel's once enemy nation. He's saying, Ashdod, come in here. I want you to see this. Egypt, the nation I delivered you out of, I want you to come Come here, I want you to see this. I want you to see how holy my name is. I don't even relent when it comes to my own people. If anything, I hold them even more accountable for how I'm going to treat them. God doesn't show any favors. When he says, when my judgment comes, when, when I come to expose the wickedness of man, I start with my house. I'm going to judge the rest of the nations, but I'm also going to judge my house and everything that you have done to try to cover up and keep yourself hidden from the truth. I'm going to expose it and it's going to come to light. Peter said in Acts when he went to uh, proclaim the gospel to this first Gentile people in Acts chapter 10. Verse 34 through 35, he says, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. God is looking for people who desire to worship him in truth and spirit and live holy before him because he is a holy God. And his people of all people should be the prime example of that, but yet... 
we continue to fail. Israel continued to fail, and church, we continue to fail. Over the past 10 years, if you have a Twitter feed, you've seen how bad the church has failed. We have hashtags like Me Too. That was a prominent thing in the Southern Baptist Church and many other churches of allegations that had come against them that they tried to cover up. Recent champions of the faith, more allegations come up and we find out of a long time of them trying to cover it up. The church has a history of always, instead of running to the one that we can truly lay our sins before, we try to cover ourselves up. Falling into the same trap that Adam and Eve fell into. What was the first thing when they did when they sinned before God? They tried to cover themselves. They tried to hide themselves. And what was the first thing that God did when he came to meet his people? He exposed them. He exposed them. There is a pain to this exposure. And we run to everything hoping that these things will not allow us to fall. But listen what God said to Israel. In verses 11 through 12, he says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, an adversary, uh, adversary shall surround the land and bring down your defenses from you, and your stronghold, a stronghold shall be plundered. Thus saith the Lord, as the Shepherd rescues from the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the people of Israel who has dwelt in Samaria be rescued with the corner of a couch and a part of a bed. And he goes on in verses 13 and 14, say, Hear and testify against the house of Jacob, declares the Lord God, the God of hosts, that one day I will punish Israel for his transgression. I will punish the altars of Bethel, and the horns of the altars shall be cut off and fall to the ground. God is saying, of all people, I'm definitely going to hold you accountable. I am definitely going to come after you. And it doesn't matter how much you try to worship it away, do, ch do church, or, or put on this beautiful display, thinking that because you are practicing religion, I'm going to let it go. No. No, I'm going to strong, I'm going to tear down your reputation. I'm going to tear down your churches if need be. Your organizations, your Christian organization. I'm going to tear everything up so you cannot run away. Now, I'm not going to tear it away, tear it down and make sure that you die in the midst of it. No, I'm going to tear it down, but I'm going to bring the remains of whoever you are, wherever your life is. So that there's a remnant, so there's still hope. He was saying that to Israel, but it's true. He still says it to us today. We, again, we see so many churches that have failed, so many Christian organizations, so many leaders who have just been torn down because they continue to try to cover themselves in church. If we continue to try to cover ourselves in our sin, he's coming for us too. This isn't just for those up there, but those are the ones right here. He's longing to expose us. But his exposure isn't out of hating us. His exposing of us is out of loving us. He wants to expose us 
so that he can cover us. He wants to come in and snatch everything that we tried to put in front of him, put before the world, so that he can show off how good he is. My question for you is, what are you trying to cover up and are afraid will be exposed? I've had to wrestle with that question this week myself. One thing that I try to cover up is I put off this facade of of fake confidence and, and, and I'm not a very anxious person, but honestly, I'm a scared little boy who is terrified that if it's ever put on display, nobody will trust me, nobody will see me. I will be seen. I will be truly seen. What about you? What are you afraid will be exposed? Is it the late night text with somebody who might not be your spouse? That you're doing everything you can to cover up? Is the pornography on your computer that you make sure that you delete the browser history all the time so nobody will know what you're really doing in the dark? What are you trying to cover up? God is going to come forward. Again, he's not coming forward to harm you, but he will hurt you in the midst of it. I used to have this saying, I said, uh, you can give to God with open hands or he could break your hands. The choice is yours. C.S. Lewis wrote this beautiful quote in the, his uh, book, The Problem with Pain. He says, we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is a megaphone to rouse a dead, a deaf world. No doubt, pain as God's megaphone is a terrible instrument. It may lead to final and unrepentant rebellion, but it gives the only opportunity the bad man can have for amendment. It removes the veil. It plants the flag of truth within the fortress of rebel souls. He's like, God is allowing pain to come in or will allow pain to come in to get your attention. Our idols have told us we can find comfort in them. Our idols have told us we can find comfort in them. And and when I say idols, you put your idol there. Whether it's social media, whether it's uh, uh, the new fads, whether it's money. Our idols say, just trust us. You can cover it up with this. But hear this word from Jesus in Luke chapter 12, verse 2 through 3. He says, nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will be not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Family, I came here today to say for us who are afraid of being exposed, for us who are always trying to cover ourselves, there is even hope for us. 
God is exposing us again, not because he hates us. He is going to rip away our sins, not because he is just a judgmental, mean God, but he said, I want to cover you in true righteousness. I want to fully cover you and help you find where true hope is found. I want you to leave your idols behind and come to my cross where both (laughs) exposure and covering is found. Jesus was stripped of his flesh on our behalf, blood is spilled on our behalf, and we have been clothed in righteousness for this sake. This is the only place where covering really is found. He will expose you. And as Christians, that's the best news we can find. Because here's the beautiful thing. We don't have to live in shame. We don't have to cover ourselves because we have a God who said, I will cover you. Come to me. We can now, when the world says, you have done wicked things, we can say, yes, I have. I have. I have done such wicked things, and I continue to mess up so many times. But guess what? I have a God who does not throw me away. If anything, he is helping me conquer this sin. He is empowering me to walk out of this sin. He is covering me in his righteousness and leading me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. I don't have to have this shame anymore, but I do have to expose the shame to the one who can take it off of me. My question for you today, this week, I want you to really ponder, what am I trying to cover? What am I afraid will be exposed? Because that thing you're trying to cover, that thing you're afraid will be exposed, the exact thing that Christ will use to shape you and mold you to look more like himself to bring you more to himself. So I'd like to leave y'all with a sticky note. Something to remember what we talked about today. And we don't have slides today because I was hoping you would take notes and possibly follow along. Um, But my sticky note for you today is Jesus demands us to expose ourselves so he can cover us. He demands for us to expose ourselves, to confess our sins and say, God, I have done such wickedness. I feel so incapable. I am unable to carry this. I am unable to cover myself. Please cover me. And when you find full confidence in the cross where covering, the exposure and covering is found, you can live freely with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And we can both bring our sins to the table and help each other bear one another's shames. Because my shames are no greater than your shames. And your shames are no greater than my shames. But we have a Savior who is strong enough to carry it himself. Today, uncover it. Be exposed before God so that he can cover you. Let's pray. Father, we are all little boys and girls who are running around trying to cover ourselves up, thinking that we are strong, but yet you continue to show us how weak we really are. I pray today, Father, that you convict our hearts, you give us the freedom to expose ourselves before you and your son so that we can be robed in your cloak of righteousness be made alive. 
I pray today that your word went clearly, that your word was declared clearly, that it was shown as truth, that our hearts were pierced, that you are drawn us to ourselves, and that you are giving us a new heart, a new mind, a new life. I am a broken vessel, and I am one who also fears being exposed. But I thank you, Father, that you continue to expose me for who I am so that I can be become more of who you want me to be. I pray that your word landed today well. It's in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Please worship with us.